0: Welcome back to the Chirpin' Yodis podcast, the first of the new year. I'm excited to be back. Everyone's excited to be back. Uh, Chase isn't with us tonight because I think he has some family responsibilities, but I have Steadhead Grandy and our own Shakespearean poet, Haynes. Boys, how are you doing?
1: Pretty good. I just have one question for you. Could you, hear me? Could you hear me roll my eyes when you said Yotes?
0: Uh No, because I said it the correct way. Yodis is the grammatically oh. correct way of saying that. We've established no, this in three months now. You the first out.
2: thing that gets no. back up again.
0: You're going to say that Mac is wrong? You're going to say <laughs> yeah, that the, the on, godfather of AZ sports is wrong?
2: On this? Yes. Oh, my God. You're a brave man. I'm going to say that you're wrong.
0: I'm never wrong. I'm just slightly less right than usual, Haynes.
2: Okay. That's all. That's what, <laughs> that's what you want to believe, my man.
0: I pronounce everything correctly. Everything.
1: Tomato. <laughs> yeah. Yodis. Haynes, how are you doing? And I think, uh, (laughs) didn't you have an article you just posted too? Thank you, (laughs)
2: Grandy. I am doing good. (laughs) Yes, I did have an article that just came out about maybe a week ago or so uh, about Coyote's future kind of begins down in Tucson. And it's a really good read. I would advise anybody to check it out. It really is. um, I think it's a really crucial article. I really do believe that the future of this organization despite Dylan Gunther, and the projects we have in Josh, did, I really do believe that development and the future of this team for the future is in Tucson. So check that out. And I did just release a Kyrie's corner, just kind of a refresher on the uh, one game last week against San Jose.
1: And I do want to just kind of throw out a teaser real quick. We do have a subject later on in the podcast that actually directly ties into um, Haynes article there. So, Where we talk about the defenseman that came up through Tucson. I know
0: that guy. Yeah. Good guy. Named it a condiment.
3: Yeah.
0: Not my favorite condiment. But how was uh, your guys' Christmas and New Year's? You guys have a good one? I hope. Same time with families.
1: Haynes, go first.
2: Yeah. I had a a good Christmas, good New Year's Christmas. I uh, got an iPad, which I'm using tonight. Been great for typing articles. I uh, saved me having to load up my uh, MacBook that apparently was made during the land before time. It's that slow. And I also got a um, hand-stitched light blue Christian McCaffrey Panthers jersey that my cousin, uh my cousin's husband, bought for me as part of a white elephant gift ex- gift, not exchange. Just the white elephant party. And post seventy-five was the budget. I spent one hundred and fifty. So I appreciate that a lot. But um, yeah, it was good. Uh, New Year's Eve, my brother got COVID, my older brother got uh, the Omnicrome variant, so I had to stay with my girlfriend for four days, which I didn't complain about, but it's nice to be back home and all that, but what about you, Grandy? How was your Christmas and New Year's?
0: I'm actually going to go ahead. I'm going to cut ahead. He has a cool story sure. to tell us, so I'm going to go ahead yeah. and just weasel in there. Um, I Good. I celebrated Christmas a bit late, flew home to Arizona for a few days. That was nice. I got a uh, Coyotes Champion hoodie. That was really nice. Really love that a lot. Um, I also got a Carhartt jacket. That was good. I got to see family. It was, it was really nice. Uh, I didn't get to see a Coyotes game. I wanted to go to that one on the second, but it got postponed. So but other than that, yeah, pretty good. Pretty solid. New Year was good. Just got home a couple days ago, already back to work. So, Grandy, uh, you want to go ahead and uh, fill us in on the cool story you got for us?
1: Yeah, so my Christmas was pretty good. Pretty mellow and understated. I actually had COVID during last year's Christmas, so I wasn't able to with the family, so we kind of made it up this year. Um, but uh, my New Year's, however,
3: <laughs>
1: that's another story entirely. Uh, my New Year's, I sat essentially frozen to a bleacher seat <laughs> in negative seven degree weather, got as low as negative 13 at one point, I believe, watching the winter classic. And oh, this has been a dream of mine since I since the first Winter Classic years ago. I wanted to go to an outdoors game. I was going to this outdoors game. I live in Minnesota. I was going to this outdoors game the moment it was um, announced. So I've waited two years since it was announced to go to this because it got delayed last year, and it was worth. Every second, I mean, just the experience—the experience of watching of watching hockey outdoors was something else. The Great outcome, too. the atmosphere. Uh, we're just gonna pretend like Keynes doesn't exist right now. But the <laughs> atmosphere—it um, was, atmosphere was insane. The what they did with the field too—they made it look. Like Minnesota, with the log cabin warming house, some um, ice fishing holes layered around the uh one of the ice tracks. They had another second course, another second ice sheet, where they had somebody whether it was U of M players or little play- or little kid players from a uh, league in the cities. They are constantly playing on that. You had a lumberjack competition going on in one corner. Just yeah, the atmosphere wasn't phenomenal. Well worth it, and makes me that much more excited for when we get to have a chirpin yotes, uh, chirpin yotes winter classic style in Arizona. So um, that will happen. Like I was talking about with somebody else recently, don't expect it as long as Glendale has anything to do with the Coyotes. The NHL has shown that they have zero interest in rewarding Glendale, even partially. But once we're in Tempe, I'd expect within the first couple seasons we have at least one, if not both, of an all-star game and an outdoor game. So, looking forward to that.
0: What do you think they would put around Our ice, you know, you said they did like the lumberjack competition. They had the little, you know, ice fishing. What would they put in Arizona, uh, winter classic besides cactus? I don't know. That's, I guess, that goes without saying, but what else would they put, you think?
1: Well, like they could have the little kachinas playing on an ice sheet, um, they could have like a rock climbing wall, just stuff like that. It's Not easier bad. to do in, It's easier to do in Minnesota because Minnesota is the state of hockey and is the cold state of forty-eight. So, it's that's for sure. To I couldn't do that. Florida. I wouldn't survive that night. Oh, it was. I was bundled up. I mean, I'm sure you guys have seen the pictures of me, mm-hmm. where I'm a big boy already, but <laughs> I, I probably have on like forty-five pounds of clothing in those pictures. <laughs> yeah. And you yeah, uh, see hot hands kind of layered throughout too, right? Oh yeah, hot hands. I had that was a, a good, good idea. Stick to your clothes. So on my under, so on my first layer, I would just have hot hands. Those actually froze during the no game. No way. So they stopped working because they froze during the game. Good God. It's me, I me, and my brother it. also had a moment where we went, got a slice of pizza and a soda, and we went to go walk where they had warmers. So we could go eat under the warmers and not up in the fridge and seats. By the mm-hmm. time we got from where, they were selling the pizza to the warmers our sodas had frozen. It slushy, straight solid. Uh, my, mine was straight solid. His was slush.
0: Wow. So: That's insane. I've never been in that I really the cold snap we had in Texas last year is like the most snow I've been exposed to in my life, and that was crazy enough. I couldn't imagine something like that. So are we doing, yeah, that's right. So we're about to do a giveaway for our anniversary show, right? Is that what we're we're planning on doing? Something we're not sure yet, but
1: we're getting something going. We're getting something going. So do we want to do what we talked about? I think it sounds like a good idea, especially for an anniversary show. I think it'd be good. My idea was we say a keyword during the actual anniversary podcast and whoever retweets our tweet of uh when we release the podcast with that will be entered into a drawing to uh win it that was my idea but we're working on it we'll we'll have it um hammered out by the time our the anniversary podcast gets here which is
0: very it's soon coming up yeah a
1: couple weeks so but uh yeah we will be giving away a Coyotes jersey with a player of your choice on it. So,
0: or our names, if you wanted to. No, you never know. Trippin' <laughs> Chir- yotes, you know, <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. You
2: want to? You want to represent one of us? Not, yeah, you not know, why color not? Or anything, but I mean, beer league champ. I mean, that's pretty cool. You can there you go. The back of jersey.
0: I never played hockey, really, but I, I, I played some lacrosse. And you can represent that if you want. Why not? It'd be fun.
1: Oh, well, that's another funny little side story of the. uh Haynes has been showing off the uh, trophy pretty... <laughs> the Stanley Cup was in the town. So I took a picture of that and sent it to Haynes and said, Beat this. He almost did. What, you you, you got had, close.
2: Like, wait, 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 wait. I mean, What? You had? like... I, everything I've been going on, I've been making a personal... The only, it's only been on one thing, and that was on the, on the YouTube show, and that's because they asked me to bring it onto the YouTube show to show you act like I'm no, driving you're around, it around. It's in a okay. parade
1: truck, and this
2: is my passenger seat. <laughs> you just—you
1: so should be. You I it attached to your hip, and you just walk around one arm around that. You sleep with that, it? What else? Just doing it. It's my table
2: right here next to my bed. I'm looking at it right do you now. You sleep
0: with it? Do you cuddle with it sometimes when like you can't sleep at I night? It's ginormous. Your no, I
2: do not sleep with it. It's ginormous. Why not? It's Ginormous and wood and metal. I am not. Wireless I'm not sleeping with it. I would what? freeze with this thing next to me.
3: It doesn't get cold in South Carolina. I've been there.
2: It's right now the weather in South Carolina is four and the low is thirty seven.
0: That's nothing. Granny's oh, up here yeah, dying yeah. at negative seven. Yeah, don't okay, tell him that.
2: Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Granny's I, in a completely I, different climate. Now. He's not like even in the U.S., he's directly in Canada. So my, I'm pretty sure Minnesota's in
1: the U.S. My high today was 22. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. warm. That was yeah, warm. Yeah, this man's out here
0: like, yeah, I'm freezing. Like, uh, I'm pretty sure Granny almost died on the friggin' first
1: going to the Winter Classic. I'm pretty sure. Oh my God! All right, let's get back on track, boys.
0: Uh, well, another announcement we have is the Coyotes are using Sahara. Sahara. I don't know. I'm bad at pronouncing things. We've established this, except for I pronounce Yotes correctly. As uh, their betting partner service, and in Arizona sports themselves with the betting records. Uh, I think it was like what 777 million or something like that. The first year, something like that, right? I think I saw that number somewhere.
1: Fifteen, 15 million. Up to October, so not even counting November, December, just for the state alone through uh, fees. I mean, again, why isn't this legalized everywhere? I mean, come on. Honestly,
0: I'm surprised it's not.
1: But yeah, I'm pretty sure Sahara is the casino he owns in both Vegas and Reno. So it's just the same bet he runs through his two casinos he now runs through the uh, the well, wherever the Coyotes play. Works out
0: in house. In other words, the Coyotes are staying in Arizona because it would make illogical sense for them to move to any other state that does not allow betting. So, in other words,
3: so not the Coyotes Houston. aren't moving. Yeah, not Houston. Thank God, the place sucks. <laughs> Freaking hay driving through there. Awful. Uh, well, anyways, I guess we get hey, back on track with the uh,
1: what's up. Hey, do you have any? Did you have anything you wanted to add to the sports betting thing?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm gonna. I know we're gonna talk about this on on the YouTube show shortly here later and all that. And I I always selfishly plug this show on the Howlers and Growlers. So I'm gonna plug Howlers and Growlers onto the and Yokes podcast. And uh, pretty much, it will say what I'm gonna say later on the show is, I mean. It, Great first off, great for Arizona to be able to get a sponsorship with that and it also being, you know, Morello's hotel and all and casino and all that. So that's that's great for the team and too, I mean, like you said, Tyler, I mean that that's gotta be kind of the nail in the coffin of he's not gonna move. I mean, if if Morello's making that much money in just October, he's gonna make it in a year. I, I just don't logically see how if he's making all that money why he would even entertain the idea of selling the team.
0: Especially to a non-sportsbook market, I mean that really just exactly yeah make no sense. I mean it's like I don't know how people are still like yo you're moving to Houston like but why would they? Why would you? Especially on a sportsbook, I don't know we've said it a million times on the podcast, but I just can't get over that thought. Like if they just took the five minutes to look into this instead of being like yeah, so they would know. It's like why, why would you? Even if that's no the fun. team is Either awful, he's still going to make a lot of money. I mean, he's still gonna make a ton of money, even if his team sucks for a couple of years, but then when we start being good, you know, in four years or whatever it is, he makes double the money. It's like, why would you not stick it out? I mean, he already invested in the scouting corps you talked about, you know, all summer and throughout this the rest of the year, and so it's like obviously he's kind of seeing the long term, so it's like, why would you sell? I just don't get how people still talk about that. Like it's a real thing
3: gonna happen. Stick Exactly. It. Now Ottawa. We can move there. <laughs> I'm still on that train. Uh, I'll Calgary. sign a petition.
2: Calgary, has got Calgary. Got Calgary. Problems with an arena. Oh, that's right, right yeah. So, the remember, Dome, right? Remember people that is not happening just in Southwest Arizona. Uh, is the only team that has problems with the Arena Calgary has had quite yeah. the arena problem history in the last 5 yeah. years. Islanders? Of arena issues. Uh the Islanders have also, well, not so much now with Doting and yeah and sword. but the the Flames Call have had quite the arena issue problems and relocation threats in the last 5 to eight years
0: yeah so i mean not just us so why would you leave like i can't think of a bigger market than phoenix that already or doesn't have an nhl team i think pretty much every other big market has one i'm pretty sure like off the top of my head i mean like houston's a big market but i think that'd be the only one but again the sports book issue yeah but sports book could be the only issue i guess outside of that so really i think Would want to make more we, sense to expand
1: It's only a matter of time before they get it. Houston will get a team eventually because they are the next biggest market in the country.
0: Uh, Houston Flames.
1: Sounds pretty good to me. But it's gonna be an expansion team. They're gonna expand again. I know Batman said that they're not, but they're going to expand again there's too I much i think mo- every league will
2: i think i think at every one point or another didn't mean to cut you off their grant i think one point or another every league is going to expand again I, I could see mlb going yeah. to vegas one day you know vegas is going to want to try to bring a major mm-hmm. team to every city and yeah. our a, a team to every major league sport and all that i could see the nfl potentially maybe one day the Houston Oilers maybe trying to find a way to somehow get back or st louis getting in our nfl team possibly i i just i think every league's going to expand more i just i think for now we're probably not going to see anything for a while unless the like the oakland athletics i know they're facing like threatening relocating Huge. leaving oakland mm-hmm. and all that but i mean i don't think we're going to see anything for a while but i definitely he think leagues are not done relocating no when i say when i
1: say it's going to happen i mean it's going to happen five six seven years down the road before you even start the process of it so we're probably 10 years away from them getting a team but it will happen it just it makes too much monetary sense for it to happen they will get a team we will move forward with it it just won't be ours so sorry yep we we had people in our we had people in our mentions i retweeted uh Something, a uh, petition from a fan to uh for everybody to go to Tempe oh,
3: and yeah, I remember that
1: give yeah. their thoughts. And we had people in our comment section, oh, oh, you only had 3,000 fans yesterday! Oh, the Houston Coyotes in our mentions, like you have to search that to figure that stuff out. It's this is who stu- are we? <laughs> it's crazy, as our mentions. Yeah, it's not something where you would have just popped up.
2: I think the Coyotes just live in everybody's head rent free. I know people hate to hear that, and I know people will deny it, but Brood. I really do think at times the Coyotes do live and motion HL fans' heads rent free. Because anytime anything's mentioned about the Coyotes, every single fan of every single team, except for maybe like Florida Panthers and a couple other minor teams, you know, that don't have the greatest attendance numbers, I feel like always heart to those posts to go. Move them to Houston. Move them to Quebec City. Move them to Kansas City. Yeah. Let's move somewhere. Move them to and, Portland.
1: And that's why I will always support Florida Panthers fans. Same here. Yeah. respect. They're, to Florida. They're like sister like, franchise
0: right? And Nashville too. I feel like Nashville's kind of like that as well.
1: Yeah, like I like that And what uh, the Hurricanes
2: yeah. were for the longest time, but not so much anymore. Them, yeah, they kind of made it last few years. Yeah,
1: and the Panthers begin that
2: way. The Panthers are what? getting there, and the Coyotes what? will one day too.
1: The Panthers are getting there, but they're always going to struggle because they have the same arena situation we have. It's That's two cool. hours away from their population base. But what started Carolina getting away from that? They got good. Yes, they did. It's simple.
3: That's the thing, yeah.
1: I
0: mean, like, if you think about it, like, every like, the original six, they've been there for, God, 100-something years. But like, that's the thing. Like once we start being good, I think we're gonna lock them down. It's like who who wants to go and support a bad team? You know, like not a lot of people yeah. are crazy like us. I mean, we definitely probably have some therapist issues you need to address. But we'll get there. That's, you know, to be honest,
1: that's one thing I want everybody who sits there and rags on Coyotes fans to understand. Since what the 2000s? since 2001? two thousand one, we've had three. Good seasons, three good seasons. We've had myriads of um ownership. Yeah, location rumors, We've yeah, had location rumors
0: coaching issues. issues.
1: We've had horrible GMs, or <laughs> I don't really want to say horrible GMs, because like Don Maloney. I still think Don Maloney wasn't the worst GM. He just That's
2: had strategy, drafted too. really well. I mean, you got to remember he was the guy brought in like. Christian Dvorak and he brought in the guys like Max Domi and you know he, he brought in some of those guys was, who at the time we thought were you know big parts of the team and were really smart picks
1: and that was with one hand tied behind his back because he didn't have a scouting staff essentially we had exactly. no over the entirety of Europe but <laughs> we were owned by the freaking NHL yeah
0: for yeah. What,
1: five years
0: yeah, since uh, because so what's his 15 name? Because it was 20, no, it was uh, 2009, to 20 to 2009. Uh, what's his name? Filed for Jerry Moyes, whatever uh, he yeah, filed Jeremy for bankruptcy. Moyes. So it was, and then it was like t- 2014, 2014 is when uh, Alex Barraway, or whatever his name was, bought the team. I'm pretty sure if I remember right.
2: Yep, nope, you're or something right, like that. They He had bought the team and they originally agreed to where it's called. They agreed to a 15 year lease to keep the team in Glendale. And then the following year, they vote to cancel the lease on the Coyotes. And that's what started the whole year to year to year just staying at Glendale for a year. Renews in December. They'd stay there for another year. Renew in December. And it just kept going that way until what's going on right now.
1: You had Moyes. You had Ice Edge. You had Andrew Barroway. You had. The start of the Morello era tainted by yeah, the, the athletic article. Yeah, that was a bad I one. Mean, that was bad. It's just we've been through the ringer and then some.
0: Yeah, we've definitely paid our dues. That's for sure. I think it's time. Uh, I mean, like, what, what other fan bases stick around? I mean, honestly, like, what other? I mean, how do you not say Cowdy you is nothing but loyal, really? I mean, going through all that, I can't imagine. Remember the Blackhawks? They had they
1: had you know attendance issues before they got Jonathan Daves and all that. Oh, yeah. the penguins too. Attendance issues before the Coyotes. They were the trendy move. This team. Yeah.
0: See, so, I mean, it just well, we've stuck around for twenty-five years, we're doing pretty good. Well, twenty-six and years. And
1: there's now. there's going to be another team after us that becomes the trendy move. This team. Seattle. It's eh, no. Seattle is going to be just fine.
2: Buffalo Sabres, just
0: kidding. <laughs> it should be moved. Yeah, I think it'd be a, a great mercy killing at this point. Uh,
2: remember, oh, we, we we may not be great, and uh, this is no hate towards the Buffalo Sabres, and I have respect for Buffalo, no. but at the end of the day, it, we could be Buffalo at the same time. I'm not saying Buffalo's worse than us, but Buffalo's lo- longest active playoff drought, they consistently every year – have, are always picked in the bottom of the standings. The coyotes, granted, are never usually picked to win the division, but in the last five years the coyotes have had some better outings season wise than the Wires Call, than the Buffalo Sabres have. I mean the I'm not saying the Sabres are gonna move, but the Sabres at the same time have had quite a bit of trouble as we have.
1: I know I was going to, I just brought that up just to say that someone was going to and then a certain someone on the podcast has to start taking shots at Seattle of all places.
2: Yeah, I, I wasn't going to be the one to say
1: that. <laughs> I don't care. They might.
2: I, I like yeah. Seattle, man. They, 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 I, I do too. No, I do too. I do too. I think they're car. cool.
0: They're cool. I like their jerseys. I like their aesthetic. They're cool. And they, that's so all that, that Seattle fan saved that one dude. That's pretty cool. But I don't in know. Seattle,
1: I... Seattle always has passionate fan bases. I mean, look at the Mariners. The Mariners. Yeah, Watch. I think the Mariners are the worst team in spoil. No, maybe the Lions?
0: Tiger? Ooh, I don't know. Um, but no, it's just
3: again, it's just lay off us. Don't
0: come after us. because in five us. years when we're good, in five years when we're good, bro, I'm keeping the receipts, bro. I'm telling you, i will be the biggest piece of shit you guys have ever seen. I'm I'm getting blocked a lot when we're good in five years, guys. Just so you know, this podcast is getting shut down. They're gonna shut <laughs> us down, bro. They're gonna evict me. <laughs> you turn the host privileges uh, over to somebody else because I'm going to be the biggest piece of junk. I might have to block you
2: in five years. I, might have a I believe you. it. No, it's fine. Know, why that's I fine. Associate myself with you? I'll write
0: you letters. It's okay.
2: By then, Haynes will
1: have moved on to bigger and better things anyways. Okay. <laughs>
0: we, are the, actually, we, we are the biggest and best, actually.
1: This podcast oh. is going to the moon, boys. Anyways, we should probably move on to our next subject. I think we've spent well, plenty that was a good on good
0: topic. That I like that topic. That was, that was fun.
1: But you guys want to talk about the,
0: you, you said Moser and Dyson, Dyson? Dyson, I, I got it right. Look at that. I got I-O-B. that right. There it is. Well, Grandy,
1: Steadhead Grandy, start us off. Actually, because I, I, I will start it off because this is my idea. I forgot about that. My bad. Um, oh <laughs> my So I just wanted to talk about our young defensemen and the impact that they've had this season already. I don't think many people know this, but who's our defenseman that leads the team in minutes since Chick wins hurt? Do you know Tyler? Is it uh, Moser? Nope. Mayo? It is Dyson Mayo. Mayo. Um, that's an incredible stat to think about. It's it a cool shows, name. It shows just how much we are relying on him to be that... Defensive presence on the back line because we all know Ghost of Despair is the uh, offensive engine, especially with Chickering out. But Mayo plays more minutes, or Mayo plays more minutes than him. Good question
0: though, who was he? He was Ch- Ch- Chica's, wasn't he? Or was he one of the last? No, he
2: was before Chica. He was back, he was drafted back in 2014, 15, somewhere there. He was oh, made really? the beginning oh, of Chica, but I don't think, I think he was I before Chica.
1: I think he was. Uh, I think he was Maloney's last I, draft. I'm about to say.
2: I think he was last year of Maloney's draft. The year that, um, the year before the year that Max Domi was drafted.
3: So I guess that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, it's just
1: he's been really. I wouldn't call him anything special. I wouldn't say he's going to be a minute munching defenseman his whole career like that but he's shown himself to be a reliable future second pairing defenseman Um, Kyle Capobianco in my mind is the least of these three Um, but even him he shows himself he's going to be a good third pairing defenseman for us Um, he has his issues he has his mistakes but he's also a more offensively minded one, and he's not really playing under the best of circumstances right now um i think but I think he'll be that defenseman who will be the puck mover on a third pair someday, and then Moser is just I liked Moser when we drafted him. I loved Moser in camp, but since the since he's been called up, Moser might be my favorite Coyote. He's just so smooth and he's so solid with everything he does. He rarely makes the mistakes defensively. He's usually in the right position. Now, again, you can go through and you can find it at times where he's not, of course. That's why I say usually and most of the time. But the biggest thing with him is he's shown an offensive ceiling that looks tremendous both with his poise and smooth puck handling and puck movement and the ability to jump up into the play and get shots on net we saw that in his two goal game he does this remarkably
3: well and um
1: i question who's going to be Center, uh, who's going to be out of the lineup when Chikrin comes back. Um, numbers game probably means it's Moser simply because he'll benefit the most from going back down to the minors. But these three defensemen in particular have really held their own. have Having come up through the Tucson system um and it gives you especially the Moser pick gives you a really bright look at the future because this was the first pick GMBA has made that already made the team. And he's already made the team at 21 looking yeah. like he belongs. So uh well, yeah
0: being so close has definitely helped out a lot I'd say, right? I mean, it definitely oh, has
1: changed the game. I would go to Haynes on that scene is how he just wrote an article on it. So uh, Haynes, do you have more to say about the the path from Tucson to Arizona and yeah. those three defensemen in particular.
2: Yeah, um, you know, I mean, first off, for people to understand, you know, the original Coyotes affiliate was Springfield Falcons. Before that was the Portland Pirates. They came down to Tucson when the Coyotes bought them, moved them down closer to them, and it has paid off huge dividends having their affiliate as close as they are down the old play below, but the road runners have really benefited from being close to the coyotes. And it's shown they won a division title, uh, the year that COVID cut season short two seasons ago, they were theoretically declared, uh, Pacific division champs at season's end when they paused last year, they did not play a hold a playoff, but they did compete in their Pacific division tournament to determine the Pacific the division winner. They did not win it, but they were in there. But, um, yeah, I mean, Tucson has done an insanely great job of really just developing the next youth and future of the Coyotes. I mean, look at the guys who've been there so far. Lawson Krause has spent time in Tucson. Christian Fisher spent time in Tucson. Barrett Hayton has spent time in Tucson. Former Coyote Dylan Strome spent time in Tucson. And look at the guys who've just come up. Kyle Khabibianco, who's spent a lot of his career in Tucson, has slowly solidified himself into a solid third-pairing defenseman, and, you know, that's huge for him. And, you know, I hope he can stay there, and I hope he finally can maintain that path, and he stays on that spot on the team, And because I think he's a big part of this team's future, and he's got a lot of veteran uh, experience out of the three here on this list. And, you know, Dyson Mayo, a guy who I never generally thought I would have seen made the NHL just from what I read scouting reports prior to this kid being drafted and then in times in Tucson, was this kid wasn't the – Greatest defenseman, what he wasn't the worst defenseman. He had a lot of areas that he needed to work on, but he had a lot of areas he was really strong in, and his leadership was one of those big areas that the guys really caught interest in. And, you know, he's rolled with his chance to be up in the NHL, and he's done great, and he's logging top line men. So, you know, there's an applaud to there with them. And J.J. J. Moser, I mean, this is the first defenseman from this past drafts class to score in the NHL this year. Tops to him, two great goals against the San Jose Sharks, in a Insane 8 7 shootout loss. And, you know, I think he's got a bright future, but people don't realize that there's just even greater prospects furthering, developing down here in Tucson. I mean, Cameron Crotty, Ty Emerson, Victor Soderstrom, just three right there. Those guys are all down in Tucson right now. And all three have shown great, great progress and have been talked about a lot. I mean, Cameron Crotty and Ty Emerson alone were two of of the biggest standouts in the team's rookie development camp, in the rookie prospects tournament, and in the preseason they really showed out in the short time they got to play in the preseason. Victor Soderstrom, I think he still has some area to work in, but I think he's got a great future for this team. I think he's going to be that next OEL in terms of who's going to fill that spot on that kind of European defenseman spot. I think he's going to be that big, great next European defenseman for this team, Swedish defenseman for this team. So I think what the guys have now going for them, you got to think we're going to have a lot more youth in the next few years with the drafts coming through, guys like, um, oh, who do we get from Chicago? Or not Chicago, Colorado, my bad. And the trade for um, Darcy Kemper. Can't think of his name off the top of my head right now. Who am I thinking Connor of, guys? Yeah, it's Connor Timmons. He might see some time once next season, maybe just to begin the year, might see a little bit of time developing a little conditioning, sitting down the AHL with Tucson. He's another great guy. This future that's coming up, and you know, just. It, keep an eye out what's going on in Tucson. I think this team's got a lot of great youth coming through this area and you've seen it from the 3 there there now with Moser Mayo and and Bianco. So, I mean just just keep an eye out cuz Soderstrom, Emerson and and Cameron Karate are are leading the next wave of generation of, you know, defensive talent in Arizona and they and it's starting right down there in Tucson. Your conversations
0: and- are fantastic by the way, Haynes. Like I don't know if you have a guide like, dyed- sitting next to you or something, but man, you really are good at pronouncing these names.
2: It's called a played a lot of NHL.
1: <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, that's seriously what it is. It's why I could pronounce half of these names. <laughs> um, yeah.
2: Pat, Pat's asked me the same question before, and he was like, how do you get him so perfect? I'm like, I, like they couldn't pronounce Alex Nadalkovich from the Red Wings, and they're saying all these other names, and I'm just like, played a lot of NHL, just learned how to self-pronounce names myself.
1: One thing I want to point out, too, is we're talking about the Tucson run, Roadrunners defense. And these young guys are coming up. Is we didn't even mention Vladislav Kuliachinuk.
2: Oh, yeah. Who, yes.
1: The pretty decent offensive ceiling himself. There's a lot of. Now, proba- probability states not all these players are going to hit. Some are going to bust out. Some may never see the NHL. And some may see the NHL for different teams for various reasons. But that's four, and I know there's another guy I'm spacing off that's down there right now that's part of our long-term future too. That's four defensemen that haven't made the team yet that are all putting in great work in Tucson. I mean, we probably need another top-pairing guy because aside from Chikrin, I don't know if we have that guy on the team. But... For depth defensemen, second pairing defensemen, I think we're set for a while. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what comes of them, though. And it's gonna be interesting to see if uh Soderstrom can start start taking some steps forward because he's the guy he's really the only guy of that bunch that has the potential to be that top pairing guy. Mm-hmm. So but yeah, it's just, it's amazing how much it's paid dividends, especially on the back end for us already.
0: And you're one of the rebuild. Speaking of dividends though, we have those, I think it was you, Grandy, that sent that to our group chat. The Kraus trade rumors, right? I think it was you. I'm pretty sure.
1: Yeah. So, uh, already popping the- up. Now, keep in mind, this is literally all it said but he said to pay attention to Lawson Kraus potentially from the Arizona Coyotes as a guy who could get moved at the trade deadline. Um, That's really all it said, potentially get moved. There's no guarantee there. It was just something that was pointed out. And then it was another thing where Craig Morgan actually brought it up on the PHNX after game show last night talking about how or asking what they would think. So I think there might be some legitimacy to that. Um, Just uh, curious what your guys' thoughts are, because I know my personal feeling is I don't know if Lawson Krause is a top six forward. I think he'll be best as a bottom six guy who can add some scoring punch. And I think if somebody pops up and offers you a decent enough trade, I think you're foolish to try to keep that type of player around when, for the most part, they're pretty replaceable. Especially Kraus, he does have some holes in his game. He does still lose way too many puck battles for a guy his size. Um, I would really like to see a guy his size and strength should very rarely be winning, losing battles yet. If you look at the people who track it, he's down there with guys who are five foot nine, five foot 10. Um, as far as losing battles, he shouldn't be anywhere near that. Uh, but he is at the same time, a damn good player. We're seeing his offensive ceiling come together. And he's a player I personally love. It would be a I would be bummed to see him traded, but at the same time, like I said, I think it'd be foolish not to at least put him out there and see what we could potentially get for him. Because the return from a contender who sees him as a piece to push them over could be a lot, could mean a lot more to the future of this team than what Kraus is in actuality. Uh, What are your boys' thoughts?
0: You said it pretty well. I mean, I I really, uh, when it comes to, again, I've said this several, several times, I've drinking the GMBA Kool-Aid. If he uh, can get something real good for him, like you said, uh, the future is where I'm kind of at right now. I mean, let's face it, we're not making playoffs this year. We're not going anywhere deep anytime soon. So whatever future pieces he can get a hold of with his – very, very good luck and skills that he's brought to us so far. I'm in for it. I like Kraus a lot, but I mean, I'll take some good draft picks or even a prospect if that pops up. Whatever he can get, I'll take it. And my honest thoughts on that.
3: Yeah, you know,
2: um, I think I, I, I'm kind of indifferent on the whole Kraus thing. You know, I like Lawson Kraus a lot as a player. I think Lawson Kraus, ever since this season, has really taken the strides. Do you know better improving you know and on his stat line and he has he's been a much more prominent player this year he's shooting the puck a lot more than he did last year when he shot 5.7 percent and you know he's he's getting shots on goal he's scoring goals he's getting in the plays making plays but you know he still does have some faulty areas a guy his size losing the puck as much as he is is a concerning sign he is still taking penalties when not needed i think that there's are some areas he need to work on but You know, I think he is still a big part of this guy's future, but at the same time, we don't know what this guy's future is and who's a part of it anymore. With recent trade rumors of Jacob Chikrin, we don't know who's part of this team's future anymore. At this point, Bill Armstrong's listening to anything and everything at this point because he's doing what he can to make the team the best possible team that it can be for the future. So why I think losing him would be a huge blow to this team. I think in the long run, if he can secure something big Pick wise out of this, or get a big prospect in return. I think he would ultimately pull the trigger, and I think it would be a smart move to. But I would love to see Lawson Kraus personally stick around because I think that he's on the right path to you know finally being that player that the Florida Panthers took so highly when they did.
1: And one thing I think needs that needs to be mentioned when we talk about this, um, we talked about this pr- before the podcast started. We're halfway through year one of what is essentially a four-year plan. We have a long time to go for this, guys. A long time. There's a decent chance, as much as we love both Keller and Chikrin, there's a decent chance that they're not even here come the time we start getting better. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, we hope they are, but that's a long time to wait to ask Two guys in their prime to wait. Yep. Um, I wouldn't hold it against them at all if either of them asked out. I don't think either of them are the type to, but at the same time, it is something you have to keep in the back of your mind. Um, it's just we have a long time to wait on this, so uh, I
0: Here's an interesting question for you, though, boys. If I could for a second, if you were, say, Keller, Kraus, um, Chikrin, would you stick around? I put your your, your feelings of the team, uh, you know, behind you like, for your fan feelings. Would you stay for a team that's rebuilding like this? Any team, you know, would you stick around if you could, or would you try and be like, ah, oh, you know what, I'm trying to catch I a Stanley if- Cup
3: before
1: I'm thirty? Speaking for me personally. I think it would depend on which of those three guys I am. If I'm Keller or Chikrin and I have a long-term deal where I'm still here in four years, yeah, I'd probably stick around. Kraus is a restricted free agent next year. And then if he signs another one-year deal, he's a unrestricted free agent. Um, If I was Kraus, I'd be looking long and hard at doing doing just that doing, signing another one year deal and trying to put up as much points and stats as I could to get a bigger payday at the end of that second year. Um, it, so it's like I said, it would depend on which of those two situations I'm in. Haynes, I'm really interested to hear what you have to say on that
2: one. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it's a tough area, you know, I think the way these guys are looking at it is is it really comes down to age I think at the same time too um, if uh, honestly if these guys being very young they may see this as you know I'm I'm here for 5 6 more years I'm getting paid way more than I played Keller I mean Keller this year probably could make what he is getting paid probably with some other team but he's probably looking at his contract and going There might not be a lot of teams that are offering me $7 million. The Coyotes are. I want to stay here and play here and make that money because I might not go get that anywhere else. And, you know, but they're also maybe looking at this as an option of, you know, I have a real chance to be at my young age a real leader of this team, a real veteran and, you know, voice of this team. And, that's a big thing for guys like I'm um, Kraus, Chickering, Keller. Uh, those guys gotta be taking the fact that they're l- some of the biggest name voices on the team. These younger guys are looking up to them. Some of these older guys are looking towards them because they know that this is their team, and you know that these guys are what is essentially the future of this team going forward. But at the same time, you know it is hard when you lose consecutively year after year, and what the guys are gonna be doing for the next three to four years. So. We really never know. I think unless they blatantly, outright came and said, "I don't want to be here," which I generally don't believe any of those three guys what I think they're not the kind of guys to say that. I, I just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a hard area to try to get into one of those guys' head and think about what they're thinking. Me personally, I would think it would really come down to you know contract, where I am, in my contract, money value, what could I make elsewhere if I did want to leave, and just do I like the area I am in? I mean, that's another. Big thing too. These guys like playing in Arizona. I mean, from guys and they wish and where they see themselves going forward.
0: I mean, like if you were them, though, would you stick around? What I mean, I, would you personally, like if the Coyotes or some bad team, whatever, drafted you and you're kind of like, okay, you know, we're rebuilding now. Would you stick around or would you kind of dipped out?
2: Yeah, you know, like I was saying, I think it for me, it would really come down to. Where I am in terms of my career, how how old am I? How young am I? Am am I, you know, a rookie who's going to give his contract? Am I a second-year sophomore player? Am I a 10-year NHL vet? I mean, I really am looking at it as where am I in my career? How much do I have long to go? And how long is this actually going to take? And if I don't see this team making the right strides and results, then maybe I ask out. Or if I see this team turning ship around in like two or three years and I'm Still young, I would stick it out. You know, I want to be with them. If they gave me the chance to draft me, they believe in me. I want to do everything I can. Like Shane Doan best said when he retired, he was drafted by this organization to win a Stanley Cup, and he didn't do it, but he didn't want to leave Arizona because he wanted to fulfill that promise. And if I was drafted by this team and I was told, you're part of the future, I want you to be on this team to win a Stanley Cup, I would feel obliged to want to be there no matter how badly we are rebuilding, to rebuild Deliver that promise they made to me. I got a
0: similar sediment too, where I would, you want to win the team you're drafted by. You know, you definitely, you know, you want to do that honor. And be like, yeah, they drafted me, they gave me a chance. You know, but at the same time, rebuild would be hard. But I think I would ultimately would stick it through, especially if I was younger. Like you said, I mean, you're kind of getting paid, you kind of get to get your experience, get a voice in the locker room, things like that. So I think I'd stick around through it all. Hopefully, unless it's really bad, but I don't know.
1: Well, like I said, if uh, unless I was two years away from unrestricted free agency, or, well, one and a half years away from unrestricted free agency like Krauses, is, I'd be sticking it around myself. So
0: Yeah. Unless, like, my hometown, like, say I was drafted with the Coyotes, I was just playing for a team. Unless I got, like, a chance to play for them, I probably would take it then. If, like, they're doing well or whatever to kind of win a, you know, cup with them, then, yeah, I guess I'd leave. But other than that, I'd probably stick with the team that drafted me,
1: so. I do have a follow-up question to this topic. Uh, okay. if we were to trade Kraus. What mm-hmm. is a return you boys would like to get for him? That's I don't little... think you're getting a first. So no.
2: Hmm. I'd be okay with like a. I'd be okay with a late second if it's possible. If not, I would even think a third rounder would be a, a great accusation for a guy like Kraus, especially the season he's having. I think if you could, you could finesse an early third. Second yeah. out of that, yeah, that I two. think you that would be a win trade right there for a guy that's having this uh, resurgence season that he's having right now.
0: Well, I was thinking too. Yeah, second round, maybe third round. That's what I was thinking too. Definitely not a first.
1: Yeah, I don't think you can get a first. But I also would. I wouldn't take a third. Honestly, I would. I would hold my ground at a second. Because second round picks you next year, you don't want to pay up for him. If you don't want to pay up for him and pay the second, I still have him next year where I can trade him too. Yep. So
0: that's pretty good. Yeah, hold your ground. I mean, we—I think we have like all the second-round picks next year, pretty much, right? A million of them.
1: Let's get them all. I'm not. I'm not. I'm greedy. What? <laughs> get all the
0: second-round picks. But speaking of drafts coming up, uh, Grandy, I believe you mentioned I want to have a conversation about Shane Wright and how he's not the McJesus. Number two or three?
1: Yeah, so there's a dialogue that's starting out there with people. It's the same thing with NHL draft Twitter. You have people that just want to be different, that just their way of sticking out is to be different from everyone else. And what they're trying to do is spread along this message that Shane Wright isn't very good after all. Shane Wright isn't going to be very good after all, but the thing because he's had a subpar year offensively, a lot of that gets explained away when you look into it. I've shared several several articles, but one of which is his shooting percentage is five percent in the OHL. It's typically up around twenty percent per for the average. That's a lot of goals that essentially through sheer luck haven't been going through that will round out. But it's just, there's multiple reasons why he's having a rough start. And then because he got outshined offensively in the two world junior games they played, there's questions of, well, should he even be first overall in this draft? Stop it. Stop it right now. Yes. He is still first overall in this draft. Is he as good as Bedard or Mishkov or even Fantelli next year? No. Uh, definitely not with Bedard and Mishkov and probably not with Fantelli. He's just... He's going to be a lot closer to a Jonathan Taves than he's going to be to a Nathan McKinnon. And that's fine. Jonathan Taves won three cups. I would love to have Jonathan Taves on my team. Um, He's not going to be this guy who's going to put up 90 points a season. He's not going to hit the 100-point mark more than likely. He's going to be a guy who gets you 70 to 80 points, gives you incredible defense, good in the face-offs, and just does everything well. It's don't to win a championship. You need a well-rounded roster. And we all want the next McKinnon. We all want the next McDavid. We all want the next Matthews with for us. That's probably going to be next year. Shane Wright just isn't quite at that level. It doesn't mean he's not a franchise player. Jonathan Taves is a franchise player. Anze Kopitar is a franchise player. Patrice Bergeron is a franchise player, and those are the three names that get most commonly thrown out with him. And right there, with those three names, you have six Stanley Cups won between them all. There's nothing wrong with Shane Wright. He's going to be a great player. He's just... Temper your expectations if you're expecting Connor McDavid 2.0. Um, what do you guys have to say?
0: So you nailed that. To be honest, I, I really don't have anything. Yeah, you, you killed that subject. I, I agree with you, hundred percent.
2: Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of said everything there. I mean, uh, Shane Wright is a great player in his own right. I mean, we can't, you know, not say that. I mean, do I think he would be number one in the twenty twenty three draft? No. Granted, we both talked about him. he would be. Four, like you said, he wouldn't have fought number one, but I mean, and I'm not saying this kid's next McDavid. We've talked about this before on the show. He's not going to be your next franchise generational talent, but I think he's going to be a great top six player in the NHL. I think he's going to be uh, insane no matter where he goes. I think he's going to be a great fit, whoever team he go to. I think he's going to help a lot of teams out, whoever he goes to at number one, but I don't know if I'd pump the brakes as going all the way up to saying that he's going to – or pumping the gas and saying that he's going to go all the way up to – up to McDavid status, so I think he's a great guy. I think he's got a lot, and I think you know his slow starts not anything to be too worried about and all that. But I I don't know if I would go and say that he's going to be a franchise changing player. I think your real draft starts in 2023. But I think if you get right this year, you are a very happy person if you do because he is got a lot that he will bring to a team.
0: Early blocks are important. You definitely need. Those kind of players. So, yeah. Well said, boys. Well said.
1: Nope. Uh, Jonathan Taves had Patrick Kane. Andre yep. Kopar had Jeff Carter, and I know there was someone else on that team. I'm basing on. And he had Dustin Brown. And he had <laughs> Dustin Brown, Andrew Doughty. Um, yep. Patrice Bergeron had Brad Marchand and
3: mm-hmm.
1: Sarah Zuchik that they won the cup with. Yeah, they had had Char too as defense. Hayes had Keith at defense. I mean, that's just that you don't win the franchise. I mean, look at Edmonton. There's so many questions in Edmonton because of poor franchise construction that it's essentially like they're wasting Connor McDavid's career. You don't win your team. You don't win the league with one player. You need a team, and that's why we keep talking about this rebuild being a long one, anyway. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, Haynes.
2: Nope, you're fine. That's all I wanted to say. I, I, you said pretty much everything that need to be said,
1: Nailed it,
0: absolutely, absolutely. So, with that being said, we're ready to wrap this up with my question of the week, yes, sir. Alright, well, I had a real good one. We're saving it for next week when Chase returns. I feel like his answer is going to be absolutely fantastic. So, if you guys were to...
3: I'm going to go with this one. Uh, I think it's a good one. You're opening a zoo. I need not only three animals, but the Coyotes player, you'd want to open it with your business partner. A little different. But uh, change some train something new this new year. Three animals and a business
1: partner.
0: Animals and business partner. It can be any coyote staff members, I guess you could do Maruello if you really wanted to. Not a lame you know choice, but hey you know safe choice. <laughs> I mean it's definitely gonna, got
1: the money. I'm gonna take the coyotes player that has a business partner already. I'm gonna take Carter Hutton. Oh yeah, he has a
0: winery or something, right? Something like that.
1: Yep. Then I'm gonna go a lion, a tiger, and a bear. You know what? I'm just gonna say it. I'm gonna go lion, tigers, and bears. And we're gonna call it good.
0: I mean, yeah, work for uh, Dorothy, right? Yep. What you mean? I can go Eddie if you want.
2: No, I yeah, I got it. Um, I would go Shane Doan as my partner because Shane <laughs> opening the zoo with me because I think Shane Doan is great with animals. We've seen that. He has his own ranch and all that. I would would go Shane down and my animals would be I would go with coyotes not just because of Arizona but I think coyotes are a great pet animal type you know, And all well, not so much pat that's more of a wolf as a pet, but coyotes I would go with coyote. I would say also go with another big cat. I wouldn't go with a lion or a tiger. I would go with I'd go with a cougar, like a panther or a cougar, I would say. I'd go there. And then the last name i go with is I would go with I'd go with a rhino.
0: A rhino, huh?
1: Okay. Yeah. That's pretty
0: cool looking.
2: Not bad.
1: Not bad. I was thinking with uh, my third one. I just had to complete the joke.
0: Okay. What's your third one? Your real third one? Hippo.
2: Yeah, oh, that's cool. a good one.
0: Very deadly. I don't know if you guys knew that. They're oh, actually
1: extremely
2: yeah, deadly Yes they, they kill more people in Africa than any other animal.
1: Crazy. Oh, yeah. They're the most deadly animal in the world. They're yep. very territorial.
2: Yes, they are. We sell, them, in,
0: we sell them on a board game. It's insane.
2: <laughs> and they eat gumballs. Well, they are supposed to gumballs. They
0: eat little gumballs. They're, they kill more people in Africa than any other animal. It's ridiculous.
2: What are your choices?
0: Man? Oh, I think... I'm going to go with Paul business as my business partner. I think uh, just his... The way he does conducts business, the way he is, I think it'd be a good business partner to have. Hopefully we don't take too many risks on things that get the zoo folded, but I'm going to take that risk. Uh, and then animals. I like aquariums a whole lot. I think they're pretty cool. So I'm definitely going to get a killer whale. I've seen the documentary and I'm sorry, but I'll treat them better for sure. They're just really cool apex predators. I also like wolves a lot, so I'll definitely get some wolves. I think they're pretty cool. And then... Top it all off, I think giraffes are really neat, kind of cool, serene animals. you got your cool, you know, killer whale pen there. You can see them do tricks and look at you and all that cool stuff. And then you have your wolves, which are just awesome. And then you have your giraffes. Top it all off to kind of chill out, you know, as Paul Bizonette says some cool stuff in the giraffe pen. I think
3: it'd be great, Paul Bizonette running a giraffe. Excellent TV. Yeah, that's my choice. Nice. Not bad.
0: Well, boys, with that being said, are you ready to wrap it up? Yes. Yes, all right. sir. All right, a bit of a short one this time. We had a lot of uh, postponements and things like that. But hopefully next week's episode will be a bit more full and uh, a bit more content for you guys. So from all of us here, boys, say goodbye.
1: Yeah, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for uh, tuning in again and listening to us talk hockey. Please remember to subscribe and listen to us on uh, your favorite podcast uh, network and leave us a five-star review. Thank you all and have a good night. All of us here, we'll
3: see you next week. Give us a five-star review. Thank you for listening. See you next time.